If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. John, thank you for being here. I am so excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's really a treat to be here with you. Well, you know, when I first decided to get into politics a little bit, um, I just knew of you. And that just you're so dynamic and so personable and such a great leader. And so I was so intimidated to first meet you. Oh, no. I, I never really, want anyone to well, feel and intimidated. you're not intimidating at all. But I think just your reputation have preceded you so much that I thought, boy, I just wonder what you're like. And you are just incredible. And you've been wow. such a wonderful, kind person. So I appreciate it. And I love that that's your reputation. And you exceed the expectations, and I know that's also how you serve. So, well, that's thank very you. kind of you to say thank you. I never ever want anyone to feel like they can't talk to me, or I love when people come and introduce themselves to me. And I think that's why I love what I do. I get to meet new people. You're so, and that's good what at I love. It. I was going to ask you. So, this is your second term, right? It is second term as mayor. What did you do before? You were mayor, and why did you decide to become a mayor? <laughs> you know, I, I was really a practically a full-time volunteer in our community. I'd done a lot um, in our schools, a lot with PTA, um, served with Arts Council, served with um, Little League Baseball, things like that, you know, but a lot, a lot of time and a lot of time with PTA. And I was the region PTA director over our region, over our school district, working with um, all of our schools. And I represented the parents kind of at that district administrative level. And I was on the Utah PTA State Board of Directors representing our region. Um, That was the last thing I was doing. Um, I did three years of live TV segments on Fox 13's The Place before I ran. and, And I served on our Education Foundation Board for several years. In fact, I still do. I'm just starting my 10th year and I'm the president of that organization right now. So. In addition to everything else, I did. I printed off a list of <laughs> just boards that I could find and you are a busy, busy lady. Well, it's impressive. That's nice. I don't know anyone who isn't busy. I don't know anyone, especially I don't know any women who aren't busy. That's true. Um, we all have a lot on our plates, but everyone does. Um, that's not gender specific. Everyone has a lot going on. And um, some of my things just tend to be a little bit more visible, but everyone I know has a full plate. We are really busy. And well, and it's not just being busy, it's being productive. And that's what I love seeing, especially you're great at social media posting. So you're great at just being a huge advocate. I see you at so many different events, whether it's in Salt Lake or even Davis County, you're still really involved with everybody. So what does, what made you, you, were you a little girl and you grew up and you thought, I just want to help people or? You know, um, what made me me? That's a good question. I, I have um, amazing parents. I came from very great parents. I'm the oldest of seven kids. Okay. And, um, you know, when I was in school, like young in school, I, I always had leadership opportunities. Um, I was the first student body president of our elementary school. Oh, you were? <laughs> yes. I can picture that. Yes. <laughs> um, not the Orchard Elementary up in Davis County, but shout out to Douglas T. Orchard Elementary in West Valley City. <laughs> That's where I Fantastic. went. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, 
like I was the colonel of our safety patrol, you know, so it kind of started young with opportunities like that. But um, I had a lot of leadership opportunities in school, in high school, a lot of them. And and I loved it because it just gave me a chance to serve. And I just knew that's what I like to do. I really love people. Um, and I don't hold a grudge. And it's, you know, sometimes it's a great quality people do have. things, but I just have a hard time holding on to it. It can maybe affect me for a minute. And then I, I just have, I just let it go. I try to let it go. Um, so I don't know that I always, I never always thought that I would look, run for public office. I just knew that I always wanted to do something to give back and to serve and to use the the talents and skills mm-hmm. that I was born with, um, that I had had lots of opportunities to kind of um, use and practice and and learn from. And I I chose to stay home with our six kids. We raised, um, my husband and I have six kids, and, and I chose um, to stay home with them. And with that came opportunities to serve in the PTA. My oldest was starting first grade when they came and asked me to be president of the PTA. I'm like, I'm brand new at this. What? You know, I, at this mom thing, you know, this being in school thing. So anyway, um, opportunities have continued to come in a different way. And really, all, all I um, ever set out to do, and this still remains my goal, is just to find a way to... Um, serve others and to try to help support families and encourage families, any families, all families. I don't, um, yeah. I just think it's really important that we um, do what we can to provide strength to families, to parents and grandparents and kids and, and everything in between, everyone who's um, accessories to helping families, you know, and I think that includes aunts and uncles and teachers and close friends and everyone. Just in any way that I can, I just want to be able to help um, serve people. And so in one way or another, I've found a way to do that. Yeah, well, it seems like you really have. I mean, you had a six-year-old and you were asked. And that's the other thing. It's probably that you were just, you've got a dynamic personality and you're personable. And so people really probably easily seek you out. You're probably the first one to raise your hand to <laughs> ask questions in class and be get nominated to be the spokesperson in groups and, and everything else. And so has it been an intimidating process for you? To, to recognize that this is sort of your, it's, it's one of your talents. Um, that's so, nice of you to say. It's been a humbling process. Not intimidating because I do think it uses um, the strengths that I, that I have and, and through opportunities that I've never expected, I've had the chance to strengthen and to learn more and to, to um, use them a little bit more uh, and on a broader scale. But So I don't think um, intimidating, some things are intimidating. Some opportunities have been intimidating for sure. But but it's been humbling. That's, that's a good. That's a great way to, to look at it, and and I think when you look at it from the perspective of it's a gift and it's it's a it's a great trust that people place in you. That's we were kind. talking offline, and I was asking you about running because I saw a picture that you posted a memory of. Was it a full marathon or a half marathon? Yeah, that that picture you're talking about was my first marathon, the first marathon I ran. That's impressive. Yeah. and it was full. And you said while well, you were recovering. <laughs> yes. So, so I, um, I was not born a runner. You know, some things, I mean, I'm talking about, I've always had opportunities for leadership. I was not born a runner. Um, and so I worked really hard to become a runner, you know, and, and I think for some people, everyone has to work hard, but some people are naturally more um, built for that. And, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't born a runner. So I worked really hard to become a runner and um, finished my first marathon and three weeks later ran my second marathon and I'd run several half really? marathons and lots later? of a couple of Ragnars and a lot of fun races mm. um yeah but I yeah three weeks later I ran my second one and yeah it was at the end of that one that I um 
everything hurts at the end of a marathon. Like your whole self is is kind of like, what is happening? You know, but oh, yeah. um, I had a, a pain in my foot that was unique and I'd never felt. And it was persistent. And a couple hours later, I still had it. And I thought, something's amiss. And anyway, yes, I ended up having to have surgery on my foot. And it was as I was laying flat in bed, unable to put any pressure on my foot for a week, um, that I decided to run for mayor. <laughs> you just had some extra time on your hands and yeah. <laughs> just decided, okay, what can I do now? Yeah. Were you encouraged by people to run? I, I've heard a little bit of your story, but... I was. Um, our current mayor was not running for re-election, so it was an open seat, and there were a couple of other candidates that were running. But, um, I, you know, people are very kind to even say something like that, that they would even consider that that you would be an option that they would support. You know, mm-hmm. you know that feeling. I that's, do. That's very humbling to have peers and, and neighbors suggest that you could um, be a leader to represent the community. But so I did have several people um, reach out. But honestly, my husband was the one who said, it's time. Really? It is absolutely time. You need to run and you're going to win and you'll be the first woman who's ever been elected mayor in our city. And and he's always had that idea in his mind that that's something I should do. He's That's something he's felt like he's seen in me far more than I saw in myself. Oh, I love that. So he um, has been an incredible support every step of the way. And even on your can. second term. Absolutely. Knowing what happened on the first and yeah. how much work it is, he was still excited for you to serve another Completely. term. Completely. And great. he's been, never once has he um, even complained or sighed or hesitated at my schedule and the demands that are on our time and the impact it's had on our family. It's a real sacrifice for families to do this. And uh, most of our children were raised when I ran the first time. Well, half our children, right? But we still had half of them at home, and now we've got one daughter still at home who's a junior in high school, our youngest, but our second youngest just graduated. He just left on a mission, and so my family's all sacrificed, but he's been um, just the champion all the way through. Yeah, see, that's really neat, and yeah. you know, I've talked to a lot of people, and I've told them I wouldn't do it if I didn't have the support of my family. It would be really difficult to, to do it without people. I absolutely agree. Cheering for you. Well, you are on your second term now, and I know you're so involved within the community and you're also really involved with the Utah League of Cities and Towns. Uh, can you tell me about, I guess, what you do there? Well, I have the privilege of serving as president of the League of Cities and Towns for the state of Utah right now, and it has been such a privilege. That's another opportunity that that's very humbling. There are about 1,385 or so, um, local elected officials in the state of Utah, and to be chosen from amongst our peers to be the president to uh, represent and to represent Utah at the national level with our peers from other states um, has been, it's been an amazing opportunity. It's one that I've learned a lot from and appreciated because it's given me the chance to spend even more time with the different mayors and the different communities across our state, which I have loved. Well, and I've loved just seeing the fact that your advocacy and your support of all of the cities has is so well-rounded and so balanced. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm in Kaysville, my own little circle of the world, and, and we, I mean, we are paying attention to what's going on outside our county, but to really have the opportunity to see what's going on and to see the needs in different areas, I think is fantastic. It's and really that's what been, the league does. It's such a great opportunity. Yes, it's, you know, there's strength in numbers. And when we come together as communities in the state, um, we have the opportunity to work really closely with the legislature to do the best we can to try to help um, good legislation come forward and to uh, 
maybe help bring an awareness to some ideas that might seem good, but there could be ripple effects that maybe hadn't been considered. Um, just because maybe if you hadn't sat in the seat before, you wouldn't even realize, mm-hmm. you know, that ripple effect. And so it's it's a great opportunity for advocacy on behalf of um, local control and local governments and and the importance of maintaining the um, opportunity that we all want to continue to have to be able to make personal decisions closest to home. I absolutely believe that the government closest to the people governs best and local control is important. And of course, cities need to remember we're part of a larger ecosystem, right? We're part of the state, but um, it's a it's a fine balance. And I think we've got a special thing here in Utah. I'm grateful to be part of it, meeting with my uh, counterparts across the country. It's been um, a nice reminder that we have really great people here in Utah because they come and tell stories about some of the challenges that they face. And I'm grateful that we don't face some of those same challenges here. It's true. It makes us thankful for our problems. Yes, for sure. <laughs> that always happens when when I'm thinking about, oh, woe is me. You know, yeah. I, I realize, okay, I'm thankful for my problems and grateful to have other people that are willing to share there so that we can come together and, right. and solve things. I was going to ask you, you were on a TV show. Tell me about that. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. Well, it was... Um, it was actually, I don't know if it's okay for me to say, but it was Fox 13's The Place. And um, when they very first started the show, like first week that they started the show, they reached out to Jordan School District to see if they would send somebody to do a segment on education that inaugural week of the show. And I was just driving away. I was region PTA director, and I was just leaving filming um, a safety video, like procedures for parents to pick up their kids in an emergency, filming a safety video. And I was just pulling out of the parking lot and I got a phone call from uh, the communications director for the district. And I thought I must have left something in the building or something. And she called and said, hey, we have this request and I'm wondering if you would be willing to go do it. And I agreed and I went and did the first one. And that was all the gig was supposed to be. But after that, they were the show itself, they were very kind. And the hosts that were there at the time, there's been some turnover since then. Um, and the current people I, I didn't ever work with. But um, at the time, they the show called me back and asked if I would do a regular segment. So every month for three years, um, I did a segment on education and supporting education and how families and parents and grandparents can support education and be involved and turn to resources and what a like neat that. opportunity. And it, was, it wasn't something that you even sought out? No. They just, they asked you. <laughs> no, Gosh, no. And I think that's, that's the most amazing part about life is um, all of these opportunities that tend to come along, rarely are they sought out, mm-hmm, you know? True. I mean, I did ask people to vote for me to, you know, for mayor, but but the rest of the opportunities have come along. And I think that's how life is for a lot of us. You know, opportunities come that we don't expect. And I think if we do the best we can to be prepared and open, um, then we'll find that sometimes those opportunities are greater than we ever could have imagined. I never would have sought that out. <laughs> so. You know, as you're talking about that, I, it's something I wanted to ask you about, especially as women sometimes. I think that we, not just women, but about women, we kind of look at, we look at life and we look at other people and we think, gosh, you know, that would be nice to be able to do, but we really don't, we don't picture ourselves doing it. Mm-hmm. And so as as we're talking, you're talking about things that have, have just kind of, not that you're doing nothing and you're not out there serving. I mean, all of this came as a result of your volunteerism and your fact that, that you were passionate about serving and passionate about children. But how, as you've made decisions about when to say yes, how have you made decisions? I mean, how what have you used as sort of a measuring stick to determine whether or not that was a good option for you? Because it sounds like you've had lots of op- opportunities and options. For the most part, 
they've come not all at the same time. Okay. And so, so the timing it's, of them? It's, the timing has okay. been, although I, I have to be honest, um, that's not been the case the last couple of years. There's been more opportunities than I expected the last few years. And I have had to start trying to use some sort of personal barometer to figure out I'm learning to say no. <laughs> I'm trying to learn to say no. Um, and it, it's hard for me too, because if there's a way that I can help, then I want to be able to help. Or if there's a way I can be you know, at somewhere supportive of something good, I want to be there. But sometimes there there aren't enough hours in the day and sometimes there aren't. And so I have really had to try to figure um, what impact is this going to have on my family? How is this going to have an impact on my city? Does this have an impact on my city? Okay. Um, what opportunities for good does this hold? Um, is this a way that I can benefit other people, whether it's my you know, my own family or or the residents of my city or the residents of the state of Utah, um, how can this benefit, you know, um, the people who this is targeted to serve and does it? Um, that That's usually... That, that, that really makes sense. I, I was, someone had asked me the same question. And as I was thinking about over our lives, um, my husband and I, when we've, when we've had decisions that have happened and choices that are really awesome. They just, it's not that they just present themselves miraculously and mysteriously. You know, we're working towards them, but they do. It's pretty seamless and it it just flows really well. Yeah. And it, it's not a a really frustrating, difficult thing necessarily, as long as we're in the right place, ready to say yes. Like you said, pre- preparing yourself. Even if we don't realize that we're prepared. You know, I look back and I over my life and I had no idea that so many of the opportunities that I've had that seemed um, almost random, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just surprising. What? You're asking me to, you know, be a yeah. president or, you know, whatever, um, to serve in some way or, or opportunities that have come along. I could not at the time have imagined the preparation that those would be for what I'm doing now um, or how I can draw from those experiences with what I'm doing now. That is true. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but as I look back, I see that. And I think that's a remarkable thing about life is that if we do look back and really try to see clearly, we'll see connections. It's true. It's true. And it's kind of nice how we are prepared for things and opportunities that come. As far as uh, serving as mayor, you've got a great council. I know you've got a great city manager, city attorney, which we met the other day in a meeting. Yeah. You're surrounded by wonderful people. How does the city look? How how is South Jordan doing? You know, we're doing well. South Jordan's doing well. We're growing fast. And and anyone who sits in this seat who's serving in any municipal role in the state of Utah could say the same thing. We're growing right. fast. We right? all are. We all are. Um, it was it was interesting, not surprising to those of us who live there, but interesting that after the 2020 census came out, which I think is probably lower than reality simply because of COVID. I think it probably kept some people from being able to participate, but that's the most accurate data we have. And so when the 2020 census information came out, South Jordan was listed as one of the 10 fastest growing cities in America with populations over 50,000. So we sit about 85,000 right now and, oh, really? and we continue to grow rapidly. We will we will um, so get you're one of the much three larger largest than that. cities, right? Uh, not Are one of the, the three, three largest, but we're in, we're in the top number. You okay. know, we're, we're somewhere in the top eight. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. But but that's we're going to continue to climb that ladder as um, there's not much space left in Salt Lake County to grow. There's a lot of great redevelopment opportunities, and we have a lot of beautiful established communities across the state where there's not a great deal of, of room to grow. Um, 
the southwest part of Salt Lake County is where the land is that we have left to grow. And Daybreak, the be- beautiful master plan community of Daybreak, if anybody nice. um, maybe isn't aware that that is a, a lovely community in the city of South Jordan. They're not their own town. They're not their own city. Daybreak is a beautiful master plan community in South Jordan City. And as Daybreak continues to grow, um, we'll continue to see quite a bit of growth. And then as um, over time, as Rio Tinto starts to release some of the land that they have, out in the area, and we'll just continue to see growth in our area. So we're doing well. Um, things are are good. Our microeconomy is strong, and our businesses are doing well. Our schools are doing well, but we're growing. Yes. And, you know, I don't know if this happens in South Jordan. Of course, it probably does. But in Kaysville, people will just say, well, let's just stop. Let's just yeah. tell people we're full. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that doesn't actually work. Right. But... That that is That's, something I think I think we hear that in communities across the state, you know, because, and I think the number one reason um, that anyone feels hesitation toward continued growth, Utah's been growing the way we are for decades. Uh, I I just I think what people are most concerned about is losing their quality of life. Right? We right, we plant roots, and... we put down roots, and we invest in a home, and we invest in the neighborhood or the schools, our career, our family. We're raising kids there, or we did raise our kids there, and and that's our investment, that's our life. And people are afraid of losing what they love about where they live. Um, I think that's one opportunity and obligation we have as elected officials to make sure that does not happen. That we can continue to grow. And as long as we are very proactive and stay ahead of the curve, and we're not chasing and putting out fires from growth, but we are very forward thinking in planning and making sure infrastructure is adequate and making sure that we have um, met the needs in advance with planning to make sure that we don't sacrifice quality of life. That absolutely can be done and is being done um, in so many places across the state. So, you know, I, I do understand people being concerned about that with good reason. People are concerned about water. They're concerned about transportation and air quality and all sorts of important issues. Um, however, I can reassure if this matters you know, to you or not that there are really good people at every lo- level of government and in every area of expertise working very hard to make sure that the plans are um, strong and in place and the protocols and policies are already in place and being enacted to make sure that we are in good shape as we continue to grow. You're right. And I'm really glad that you emphasize that. And speaking to South Jordan and your foresight, can you tell us about the water project? We um, It's impressive. Uh, thank you. I'm quite excited about it. Well, keeping in mind that the, uh, people might hear this and go, oh, what? Um, water reuse? Are you talking you know, reusing water that's gone through the sewer treatment plant? I actually am. That is what I'm talking about. Um, There's a way to do it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So there are several states that are doing water reuse. There's a lot of places that if you've ever gone to visit, you are drinking reused water and you don't even know know it. it. Yes. And we don't want to know it. a lot of places. Yes. Um, In looking at at Utah's future. In South Jordan, we are in a unique situation because the aquifers around us have been contaminated due to decades of mining. And although there's a cleanup process in place, a project um, to clean those aquifers over time, it's a 40-year project. And so we have to purchase 100% of our water in South Jordan City um, from the Jordan Valley Water Conservancy District. And as we look long-term down the road and try to be proactive um, about now we're in this record drought and, you know, we don't know when it will end or if it will end, you know. Um, I think we all recognize water use is is changing permanently here um, for many of us. 
Um, as we look, we're trying to be proactive, as I talked about, in planning. And so we found some technology. Um, there's RO projects are really um, common, and a lot of people clean water mm-hmm. through that method. But there are some downsides to that that we can't deal with. There's a, a brine that that has to be discarded after we don't have anywhere to do that. And so there's a new technology that's a carbon-based technology that we found in Florida, and it won the water reuse project of the year internationally. Anyway, we've we've checked it out, and it is the right project for us. And so we're doing a pilot project in South Jordan City where we've built a small plant, um, and we have it housed on the um, Jordan um, Sewer District Basin. Okay. Um, there on the property. And and what we're doing is just taking the water after it comes out of the um, sewer treatment, full treatment train mm-hmm. uh, that's prepared to go back into the Jordan River, but we're taking it another step and running just a small pilot, 10,000 gallons a day, through this purifying process that actually cleans it cleaner than drinking water standards. And we've worked with the state very closely that, that to try incredible. to help, um, and we'll continue to work toward regulation to be able to um, implement this large scale in time. Right now we're collecting data. And so we look forward to being able to have you and, and your colleagues here in Davis County. And and we look forward to inviting everyone to come and see it. We've got actually Senator Romney's going to come be the first one to take a tour of it and see it um, in a couple of weeks. He was really, he would really like to come see it because I think water reuse is going to be another source of water that over the course of time, not just South Jordan City, but I think many cities across the state of Utah are going to need. Mm-hmm. And this is technology that as we collect this data, we look forward to sharing it with everyone. We're partnering with the University of Utah on it. and But South Jordan City, is is doing all the work and we're laying out all the money for it at this point so well that's incredible i mean it's the, the planning like you said smart people planning for the future making good decisions because we hear about little news clips and about how bad everything is and how scary everything is and it's really nice and it builds confidence to know that people are making great decisions thank you there is a lot of great good work being done and and um a lot of that work is unsung, and it isn't going to make a headline. It's not going to sell a news story. But I assure you there is great work being done to protect the residents of Utah now and long-term generations to come to make sure that everyone who lives here enjoys living here and has uh, what we love about um, Utah and what's so special about being here. That's why it's so fantastic just to be able to get to know people like you, people in the state legislature, people you know, at, at, at municipal governments all across the state. We've got wonderful people who are really willing to step up and serve, and volunteers. I think I've been so impressed about the amount of volunteers that we have within our community. I was going to ask you, so second term as mayor. Yes. You're going to keep being mayor? <laughs> I mean, people, people ask me, and that's not, a, that's not a gotcha question. People have asked me that, what my plans are. And I just start laughing and say, it hasn't even been a year. Right. I, I have just, no idea. I'm st- still working this out. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, still figuring I'm still this out. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But it's neat. Yeah. To, it's kind of a, it's a huge compliment, I think, when people start thinking about what, what's next for somebody. Because I think it's, it, it, it says that I expect to see more. Wow. I expect to see more from you and so many other people who are giving their time. And, and the city is a great place to be and it's a great place to serve. Well, thank you. I think so, too. Um, my focus is 100% on where I am right now and what I'm doing right now. Same and what, with me. what the future holds, I don't know. I, 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 there's a good chance I'll probably run for a third term as mayor, but, I, you know, I don't, it's too soon to 
have any final, yes. you know, plans in place or anything like that. But I think it's it's likely just because I really love what I'm doing and I'm grateful for what I get to do. But I also want to make sure that I, um, if if I'm going to be there, I want to continue to have fresh ideas and and vision for the future. There are some projects that we're working on right now that I'd really like to be there to see through to completion that I'm really proud of that I think are going to matter for a long time. But um, yeah, my focus is on what comes today. And and I just hope, you know, wherever I land, whatever I end up doing, like I said, that I just get to continue to serve in some way. Um, and whether that's an elected position, whether it's staff somewhere, I don't know what that will be, but I want to be able to do what I can to help our communities, to help our residents um, in in my city and in your city and, and, and anywhere that I can, any opportunity that I have that I can serve um, families and friends and residents. Um, in, in our cities and across our state in any way. Um, that's all I want to be able to do. That's my, that, my goal. That's your so goal and your passion. I, I guess sometimes we just wait and see what opportunities come along. It's you true. Know? And that's the thing. We don't know right. until, until something does happen. People have asked me about it. And, you know, I have a different opinion about term limits than I did prior to serving in city government because initially, you know, you think, okay, get in, get out. But the problem is government intentionally is so slow. The process right. is so slow because we want to involve as many people as we can, get the, the residents involved. And so because it's such a slow process, I mean, for me, I'm thinking I've got to serve. I'm, I'm hoping to serve two terms yeah. at least right. because we start on projects. And like you said, you really become so invested. Right. We want to make sure that they get completed and make sure yeah. that we can be part of that process because great things happen. I think I feel very similar to how you feel because because I I haven't changed how I feel about that that limits are are important. I I don't think that somebody should be a career I agree uh, person most of the time in the same thing. However, there is there is some benefit to um longevity and to having a little bit of tenure and to um having people know who you are right, and, and having proven yourself as somebody who your city can count on and who everyone knows mm -hmm. can count on um on behalf of your city or whoever you're representing, I think that does matter. I agree with you. It does take a long time. And there's benefit if you've got someone who's um, very quality at what they do and good at what they do and they're serving for the right reasons, there's a benefit in having them serve an additional term or two. But those are the things I grapple with as I look, you know, toward even the possibility of a third term a few years down the road. I'm grateful I still have three years left plus of this term mm -hmm. um, and we'll figure it out. But uh, like I said, I don't think people should get, I don't think this is a role anyone should ever get comfortable with. I don't think any elected official should ever be comfortable. I think we need to always be mindful of the fact that we need to be um, adding value and having vision and, and continuing to help make progress for the people that we represent. And if we're not, or if, if we ever do get comfortable with it, then I think it's time to move on. You're right about that. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's the difference between a career politician and someone who's a public servant. I think so. There's no place for complacency, I don't think, in government because there will be somebody else come along who's excited and fired up and, and has passion. And if you start to lose that, then it might be somebody else's turn. Yeah, that's know? true. And that's probably the best indicator of where we need yeah, to go next. Yeah. But we do have three more years left. In yes, this and one, I'm so, so glad we three do. And a half plus. I'm so glad we do. And, I do too. Yeah. Well. It, if it's okay, I'm going to put on the record, I do hope you get to serve a second term. You're a great leader, you. and Kaysville is so well served by you, as is the state of Utah. We appreciate Thank having you. you serve on the board and represent this entire region on the Utah League of Cities and Towns board. Thank it you. It is a great honor and such an opportunity. And I was telling someone else, you know, that's what I didn't realize would, would come with being able to serve as mayor. 
these opportunities to serve other organizations that support our city. Right. And that's what's been really interesting and fun, just the opportunity to get to know more people and to be able to see how every organization supports the cities, which supports the county and support the state. And so it's just a great benefit to Utah as a whole. The last question I wanted to ask you is just how do you balance everything out? How do you maintain balance? How do you stay organized? Guess two questions, balance and organization. (laughs) Um, I'd probably be lying if I said I'm always balanced and organized. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, none of us are. It's a a constant battle to try to maintain. Um, I'm very good at being on top of where I need to be. And luckily, I have great people who help make sure that my my calendar is always up to the date and make sure that I know. But um, I'm I'm religious about using my calendar and really um, making sure that I know what's what's there and that everything's on it. But, um, you know, just just trying to remember my why helps me keep balanced. Why do I do this? Okay. I, I do this because I, I want to serve. And that includes my family. Um, what's the most important thing to me? My family is the most important thing to me. Our community and uh, the great people who live here um, in my city and in your city and in all of the, it's unique to have opportunities to serve statewide the way I have right now, the way you have right now. And so um, I really mean that about the residents of my city and the residents across the state of Utah. Um, Trying to remember my why helps me create balance. I also like to I like to drive up and down this state. I love to drive up and down I-15. I love to make the drive up to Cache Valley. I love to drive down to Washington County, down to San Juan County, and everywhere in between. Love to go east. I love to drive this state. And that actually helps keep me balanced and and centered and grounded. If I can maybe step outside of my own little um, box um, for a a quick weekend drive and, and just drive to another beautiful place. We have so much here in the state of Utah. I don't have to leave Utah to have an adventure and to love where I'm at. And that helps keep me balanced, just getting a minute away. I I believe in working hard and playing hard. So if I can get a chance to get away on a Friday night and get back on a Sunday night and do something fun in between, I absolutely do. You're so high energy. How do you maintain (laughs) that? I mean, I'm impressed because I'll see a post and and you're in a meeting and then you're over here and then you're golfing (laughs) and then you're at a game and then you're at dinner with your husband and it's fantastic. Well, don't be too impressed. I don't actually golf. I, yeah. I go drive the golf really? cart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, really? You, you're not a player? Yes. No. Kind of, No, yes. and, I, and I keep promising my, my friends at, at the golf course in our city, at Glenmore Golf Course, that I'm going to take lessons, and someday I will golf with them. But someday, when you have point, some time. Right. That, that's not happening yet. And as I wrap up school and wrap up, it, you know, and oh, keep raising right. my Plus family and doing everything your, I'm doing, I'm like, yeah, golf is not happening yet. But John, oh, <laughs> you're impressive and amazing. Oh, no, you're very kind. It's just, a, it's a treat to be here. I love coming to Davis County. I love coming to beautiful Caseville City, and I just love serving with you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so much fun, and I look forward to getting to know you even better. I feel the same. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. Thank you.